we're so delighted to welcome our girlfriend, Maisha Jones, to Chic Conversation. Maisha is the girl boss powering Love Jones Design, a boutique event design and planning team. After spending some time, more than half of her life, as a world-class track and field athlete, she was looking for her next big adventure. Living the sport, she launched Love Jones Design Studio in 2009, then an invitation design studio. A few years and kids later, Maisha expanded the company to focus on creating immersive celebrations and brand experiences for her private and corporate clients. When she's not at her desk scouting new event experiences, she can be found taking spontaneous road trips or jumping at anything associated with adrenaline rush. She balances all of this with spending time with family, her closest friends, running 15Ks, and fitness competitions. Welcome to Chic Conversations, Maisha. We are so excited to have you. Aisha, how are you? I am good. How are you, Andrea? I am great. I'm excited. We're excited to chat with you. You already know you're one of my favorite humans. So it's a delight to share your light with the world. I love that you say that. (laughs) I never tell a lie. (laughs) Not lie. I love that phrase. You texted me the other day, and I was like, I just love that you say that. But thank you. You're my favorite. You know, I love you. My favorite Nigerian sister. <laughs> all right. Linda, Linda will start us off. Right. We're so, so excited, Maisha, that you're on. Thank you so much for taking the time and opportunity. We know you're so busy. So we're so grateful for you, Maisha. So thank you for coming along and being on Chic Conversations podcast. All righty. So marriage. So congratulations on making it to 20 years. So, so amazing. So amazing. So what's your secret? That's a question. Um, Honestly, I'm not just throwing it out there. I think that God is the only thing that really keeps us together. Mainly because I know who we are as humans. And I know myself. I know my husband. And sometimes we, I say, I don't know how we're together. Because we're so different. We're so opposite. So many challenges have come. But it seems like we're just meant to be together. One thing that I know for sure that works for us is that we stay, we're friends. Freddie and I started off as friends. When we got married, all of our my friends were like, who are you marrying? I said, Freddie, that's your friend. Like, I thought you guys were just friends. I'm like, yeah. So we started off as strictly friends, just hanging out. And I think that's the one thing that keeps us on the same page is that we totally enjoy being with each other. And it just is just so comforting. It's safe. It's easy. Um, we talk very easily to one another. We're 
just really, I wouldn't say like partners, but we're really partners in crime. And so in the marriage, being that it's just, you know, you never know what you're getting. I think we work really well at staying focused and um, just always remembering what's important to us. So good. So good. I love, I love that, that friendship being the foundation of marriage. I believe that too. I think that's so good. Thank you for sharing that. So um, life lessons outside of marriage overall, what is the biggest lesson? Like what, what is in this season and we grow, I don't want to call us older, but more richer in wisdom. (laughs) 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 But just so rich in wisdom. What do you, what do you know for sure? And you sit quietly and say, wow, that's, that's, that's a good thing to know. I think the thing I, I'll, I'll phrase it for myself. The thing I wish I would have embraced a long time ago was just exactly who I am and finding ways and environment and people to nourish all the different parts of me. You know, we grow up saying, you know, what do you want to be? As if we can only be one thing. Mm -hmm. And as I've grown, I learned that we can be so many things. We are so many things. And being able to nourish all those different parts of myself, I wish I would have valued that years ago. Yeah. So, and I think that's the one of the life lessons that I kind of hold on to now. It's just like, it's okay. I, I call myself all over the place. It's okay. Yeah. I didn't create myself that way. You know, it must be good that I'm all over the place. But just to embrace it. Yeah. Something I wish I would have figured out a long time ago. And I'm kind of, I'm almost there now to where I fully grab onto it. And, and I... In, in addendum to that, mm-hmm. 2020 being a very unique season of life, what is one thing that you've learned maybe about life, maybe about yourself in this season that does not look like any other? Mm-hmm. I think the one thing I learned is something I got from you, Andrea. Ooh. Yes, I remember. I don't know if we were on the phone. We must have been on the phone, and you had said, "If the four people in my, if the well for you, you have more than four. For me, if the four people in my home and these four walls are okay, that's my job. Then I've done my job." And I really held on to that because there was so much uncertainty, and everything is changing, and there's so much fear, and people figuring out how to work and not work, and stay, you know, creative and stay motivated and, you know, learn something new and come out of this better. All that talk that we heard early on didn't really resonate with me. So what I did was just kind of relieve myself of a lot of expectations and say, if the two little boys and my husband, if we're okay, that's all that kind of matters is if making sure that the two children don't kill each other and overdose some video games. And if my husband doesn't stress out from the Zoom call, and if I can just at least go outside, work out, talk to a girlfriend every day, then I'm okay. You know, I've completed what I can for that day. And so that's the one thing that's kind of kept me um, through the last, what, six months? Yeah. We've been stuck in the house for six months. 
It's yeah. been that long. Crazy. Oh my gosh. I absolutely love, love what you said. You know, mm-hmm. talked about balance and just like it's okay and just embrace um 2020 and the lessons that we've learned. And I know you've touched a little on, you know, just you have two boys and and the events of 2020, but just to expand a little, have you shared with them, you know, on like really what happened you know with the injustice and you know what 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 we're going through right now in 2020 do they know some or have they asked questions have they been on tiktok and you know all that stuff and seen what's going on um well i don't watch the news ever never like ever um i stopped watching news years ago because it just burdened my spirit right? It was like people throwing stuff at you that whether I was ready for it or not, it was there. And so I'm very selective on how I filter in information. I'm not oblivious. I just don't watch the news all day, which means my kids don't watch the news all day, right? And so for what's necessary for them to know being stuck in the house, they knew there's a virus, be stuck in the house. That's all you needed to know because that's enough without the added complications of the racial tension and, you know, being fearful. That was not the conversation that we had. What we do have, and this goes, this is a common conversation in my household day one with my kids. We talk about what it means to be black in America. And someone asked me like, do your boys know? I'm like, my boys have always known because they've always been black. Mm-hmm. They didn't just start being black, you know, six months ago when the protest started. They've always been brown boys who understood the difference between how we live and how we see the world and how others live and then how they see us. That's a common conversation in our household. We talked about getting stopped by police yesterday, just driving home. They laughed at me because I used to get speeding tickets all the time. And so it's just not like, let's just have this talk. It's a constant talk for my children about what it means to be a brown kid Especially like where we live, we live in a very, very suburban neighborhood where it's easy to point out my own children. You know, it's easy to say that's the black family that lives on the street because we're the only black people on the street. And so it's a common conversation that we've had one thing at a time. And all we could manage was COVID at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So good. So good. And I remember you, even as um, when when our kids were little, that I remember you always being so active in the books you re- read and how you present the world, even when I was not ready, even when I thought my kids were not ready. Um, but I, I tucked it at the back of my head, just knowing that that's something I need to address, either I liked it or not. So, you know. <laughs> So thank you for be always being open. I love it. So let's switch gear now to some of my favorite things to do is fitness. And so is yours. And you've had so many transitions in fitness, like so many hurdles, track. I mean, I want to toot your horn. And last year, bodybuilding. Yes, yes, yes. So what is your drive? What is your, um, how did it all begin? And then what's your drive even now to stay engaged and transitioning 
and enjoying fitness. Right. So my background is in track and field. I was an athlete more than half of my life. And for Team USA, um, one of the top hurdlers in the U.S. Did that for a long period of time. It was my job. And then it wasn't. You know, decided to grow my family. But, <laughs> excuse me, I always knew, well, two things. I didn't want to get chubby. <laughs> I always found ways to work out. Um, but I get bored easy. And I always have to try something different, whether it's in life or in the gym or running. Like you got me wrangled up in those 15 Ks, Andrea. <laughs> and I'm a sprinter, dude. You know, run 100 meters, 200 meters. And the next thing you know, you and I are running the whole border of the city. <laughs> fun. That was really fun. It was good to be with you on a consistent basis. I love that part. I did not love, you know, the running. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't love the hills. Rogers. I didn't love that. But it gave me a new way to think of myself. You know, I had always thought of myself as just a track girl. And I said, you know, it was tough. That first day I did three miles and I had only used to running. I had been like an 800 meter warm up girl. And it was like, keep going. Like, wait, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> like my body was down. But it forced me to start to stop only calling myself a hurdler. And I said, okay, yeah, you're a hurdler. You're a short sprinter. But right now you can be a distance runner. And it was a challenge. And it, I, did it, I did it the first time with like six weeks of training. And I was like, oh, I could do that. Because I knew, I knew at that moment, because of my background, I could have jumped into a 5K with no training. I would have ran it. like eh, That was easy. But the 15, I had to like buckle down. And that was a challenge that I needed at that moment. And then the next year, I did it again. Because I'm like, okay, now I know what I'm doing. Now I'm like a professional, you know? <laughs> I ran it the following year and ran the exact same time. I was like, wait. And so I had another challenge, like, I'm going to run it again. And so I kept, I knew it was difficult, but I always wanted to keep pushing myself. And so I kind of got burned out on that. Um, Moved into kickboxing because I had just never done it again. I drug you to that class with me. Um, that lasted for a while, but got bored again. And I just knew I needed to do something drastic. And I knew I knew it had to like really, really, really push me. I needed to feel a part of me that had been dormant. And that was the piece of me that was a top athlete who was super focused, super determined, had no other goal at that moment except this competition. So I found, um, I spoke to a friend of mine who had done a competition before, found this gym, walked in and said, hey, I would like to train for a competition, I guess. Can somebody help me? I had no idea what I was asking for. I had no idea what I should have been looking for. And they paired me up with my trainer. And um he said, all right, when are you looking? I was like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. He said, most people train about this long. I said, well, maybe by my birthday. I'm not trying to make this my job. 
And so I was like, okay. And that was in February. So I trained for five months, six days a week, crazy schedule. And that was my goal was to compete at a fitness competition on my 43rd birthday. And I did it. Yay. Fantastic. It was awesome. You look so, so amazing, by the way. I mean, you, your body goals was like, oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> five months. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look so good. So, so I see, um, you know, anyone in fitness mm-hmm. mindset plays just a major role and you've just done this, not just yesterday, but you've just been doing this since, you know, track and field your whole life, pretty much. So your mindset has been different. And um, so how is your mindset at like, you know, from track and field, like up to, you know, bodybuilding and running everything. So did you practice something, a ritual or a certain way and just to train your mind? How is your mindset like? Um, it's very, it's almost second nature to for me to what me and my training partners call it is brainwashing mind control where you can't make it a big deal you just do it it completely sucks all of it the meal prep the you know the meal timing the cardio the fasted cardio all of the things they're not they're not fun to me like the competition is fun for me but I knew, one, that I had said I was going to do it. And unless, if I say it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. All eyes are on me now, you can't turn back. I have made an announcement, I made a commitment, I told my children I was gonna do it. Once I tell my kids, it's over, I'm doing it. And so I just had to focus on, um, I use music a lot to keep my mind where it needs to be, very specific songs and certain parts of my workout to, you know, to get me over. And it is a lot of literally mind control. I use music to keep my mind where it needs to be. Um, That's the one thing that always works for me. Mm -hmm. I have like the right playlist, um, the right schedule. I will be honest, if I don't have a coach, I'm not doing it. If no one's holding me accountable, not showing up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, right. And so I had, I knew I had to have someone I showed up to twice a week, you know, who checked in with me every day on my meal. So I got back almost into the competition mind frame from track. Um, and, but it was almost natural to me to be back there. And it was something I hadn't done in so long, kind of welcomed it. I will say if you are weak minded, and cannot endure and suffer for that bodybuilding competition, it's not for you mm-hmm. at all. It is not easy. Um, and there are also things that you have to combat, like body image. You know, you're working out, you're working out, and you change your body is changing. And in the back of your head, you're always thinking, you look great, but not great enough. And not getting that, um, letting that get into your head to where right. you think that you're not enough. Mm. You know, so always like, like comparing. Yeah. Always comparing, but it has to be a healthy comparison. Yeah. You understand the comp- the comparison is for the goal, not yeah. for yourself. 
It doesn't mean that you're not, I'm not good enough. I'm still Maisha, whether I do this or not. But for competition, and if I'm going to set myself up to do this, I'm not going to come looking crazy. I have to do the job. And so it's just, it's a lot of things that have been built up over years of competition. I just kind of had to put them all back together at 42. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. That was, that was good. At any age, that was amazing. But especially after 40 is even more fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I have one question to piggyback. So were you on some type of uh, diet, meal plan, keto, or, you know, or you just, you, you were on some type of meal plan, right? That diet. Very specific. So my trainer is also a dietitian. Uh-huh. So he devised, we went through four week cycles um, of prep, well, meal preparations. And depending on where we were working on, he would adjust the meals there. I was eating. I was eating a lot. I was eating a lot of times during the day. I wasn't eating a lot of food. Mm. Yeah. And I eventually got used to like, I had zero sugar, no sugar whatsoever, no dairy. Um, it would be egg whites and a slight like quarter cup. I can tell you quarter cup of egg whites one slice of turkey bacon, and four ounces of grapefruit every day. Oh, I'm so sorry. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And then the next four weeks, it was like, oh, you can have Ezekiel bread with a tablespoon of peanut butter and a half a banana. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Discipline. Yeah. Discipline. But then, um, like you were saying, it's that... um, it trains your body. It train you're training your body, but most importantly, you're training your mind right? mm-hmm. to to kind of take over. Even though the body is hungry and and whining, and you're probably cranky, but now the discipline that you've already said you're going to do it, and right. then you're going to do it. I mm-hmm. think that's one of the be- most beautiful mindset about fitness, where yeah. there's always a phase that is like ugly, but then you finish. Yeah, and then you're proud. So what is your absolute, when you're in good flow of life, because we go through, you know, ups and downs of life, but when, what is your, when your flow is so good and you're in sync with yourself, spirit, mind, and body, what is your morning routine like or your daily routine? Some of the absolute non-negotiable part of your day. Um, that's interesting. It almost feels like so long ago that things were normal. (laughs) Let me think. So let's say this was this time last year, the summer. All right. My one thing I always do every morning is I wake up and the first thing I say is good morning, God. And it's like I say good morning like we to everybody. Um, But it just reminds me that, wow, I'm awake. You know, probably lay in the bed. It takes me an hour to get out of bed. I'm a snoozer. <laughs> um, I do. I listen to my dwell app with different scriptures and um, meditations. I am a coffee drinker mm-hmm. every morning. Never fails. Um, I always feel like when school is in, I'm just like a go, go, go. I'm not a morning person, but I know it has to be done. But I feel so accomplished when I get my kids out the door. And then I'm like, whew. 
I did that because I'm not a morning person. So to get both children out the door on time, I feel like that's just like the gold medal every time. (laughs) But those are the things I do every day. I work out. I'm not a routine girl. I do write lists and I know I need to get stuff done by a certain point, but I'm not a routine person. Having a calendar helps me get things done that I know has to get done. But if you tell me I have to do this every blah, 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 at some point, I'm going to buck the system and say, "Mm, mm, mm." I'm going to move that to midnight because I can. Um, So I will get things. There are certain things I do every day. It's just not in the same order. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So give me like four things for someone to have a, Ooh, like if you want to advise a, a young girl, mm-hmm. say, you should try to do this every day. Maybe two or three things. Um, so I work from home. It can be challenging, like for new moms who are at home or for working mothers or working women who work from home to find the time to separate themselves from their environment, right? Because we always feel stuck to the house. Um, The one thing that I know for sure that I will do probably every day before my kids come home or before like I feel like I'm on the clock when they get home, I watch Judge Judy. (laughs) Oh, I love it. (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. I love it. I love that. I I love her. If I have an hour, I watch Judge Judy. Yeah. Like, and I feel accomplished. I'm like, I got, no, if I have an hour, I'll watch the people's court because her shows are an hour long. Judge Judy yeah. is like 30 minutes, right? Yeah. And the reason I do that is because I love quick-witted, smart women. Mm-hmm. And they both are smart and they're quick. The other reason I do it is, like I said, I work from home. I'm isolated from the world in a sense, you know, just me and my computer. Um, I like to see what foolishness is out there. (laughs) And you never know when you'll come up against this foolishness. Like a friend of mine got bit by her neighbor's dog. And I thought, Judge Millian said. (laughs) (laughs) What she say? Tell me. (laughs) And I was like, wait a minute. What should we do? I remember that episode of People's Court when the lady's daughter never been. <laughs> but then I was like, wow, is this real life? Do I live in the TV world or is this real life? But it was real life. Yeah. It's, you know, like I said, just feeling like isolated from the world. I try to find a way not to just like dumb, dumb my life down. But I love how smart they are. And like you said, it's like real life stuff. Like I learned something. Yeah. To do. Oh my gosh, you, you, that's so funny. It's so funny you said that, you know, like real tears right now. (laughs) (laughs) But for real, what I would make sure if I was, what I would say to my younger new mom self or working mom self would just find a time during the day that's all yours. And when my kids were younger, for me, it was when I went to the restroom like in a public restroom, and I would just stand in the stall and close my eyes. Mm. Use the restroom with your eyes closed. If that's <laughs> all you have, yeah. take it. Yeah. Right? So that's what I would do. Well, that's what I still do is just try to find those little bitty moments that's just completely mine. Yeah. 
Yeah. So let's talk about the creative Maisha. I remember Jan years and years ago that we talked and you told me about, and it stayed stuck with my head, in my head. You have things in boxes and you have, you know, like active fitness Maisha, friendship, and then creative. So everything is in its box. Remember that conversation? at your house, I remember. Yeah, so Creative Maisha is um, a party designer, yes. event designer, party planner, and you have so much uniqueness to what you do. And I love that you're so different. So you're not just like an ordinary party planner, but you have just some class and some difference. So let's talk about your business world. And I know you mentioned that you work from home. So let's tell, you know, so what do you do and how are you different? Okay, so nutshell, what I do is for private clients and for corporate clients, I design um, parties, literally, just to simplify it. If you have a party, I'll come up with the idea, make it amazing. If you just want me to design it, I'll do that. If you want me to design it and run it, I'll do that. Uh, for my corporate clients, I also work um, to create brand activations. And so what that does is just create a space where a client can showcase and make their brand or their product hands-on where their um, clientele and their customers can actually engage in it. Um, that's really my sweet spot because what I absolutely love to do is create new environments. And it's been very, very, um, it connects well with my corporate environments because that's what they want. They want their customers to feel something new and different. And so that's what I kind of do in a nutshell is imagine all types of things. Like I said, I'm all over the place, but it serves me because I can bring re any type of memory back to myself and say, oh, I like to create this. I remember that time I saw this, that, and the other and bring it to my clients. And they're like, oh, no one's doing that. It's like, yeah, because I've been wanting to do that since I was like 12. Can we just do this now? And they're like, sure, because no one else, that's kind of my gift that no one thinks like I do. I wish I could put, my mom asked me to define my creative process and I couldn't. And I say, I, I embrace that I cannot because I know it's not something I'm doing. I was born and gifted with the ability to see things totally different. And so I try not to define it. I try not to reel it in and dish it out as needed, you know, I try to make sure that it just flows how it's going to flow. Um, but that's one part of me, like we're talking about a box. That's one part of me that I wish I would have paid more attention to when I was younger because it was all, always there. I just didn't know at the time that I could be a creative athlete. You know, that's two things that seemingly don't go together. And for me, it is exactly who I am. And so being able to be athletic and do that on one end, but also be the artsy weirdo chick, you know, is just another part of who I am also. Um, and so I think that's just what makes me different. I wish I could nail it down, but I was just born this way. It was my, it was how God just decided to give me a whole different perspective. And I don't want to do trends. I don't want to do what everyone else is doing because in my eyes, that's easy. Yeah. It doesn't take much to do, yeah. you know, do what someone else is doing. Mm -hmm. 
I love that. I absolutely love. And um, what actually what made me just say, oh, wow, is when you told me about the party in the box that you were, you know, you were she was planning a party for a client that was way out of state in a different state and the execution and everything was amazing. So that's like pretty much a lot of talent and pretty good at what you do. So that was something I considered expanding on. That's a girlfriend of mine that I've known for years and our styles are very similar. So I felt very comfortable just sending it to her. So the party in the box was something that actually launched me from an invitation designer to a party planner. Like I was doing printing decor for this friend and she had a baby and she had no time to do the party. And so I said, well, I'll just do it and ship it to you. And I recently, it's funny you mentioned it, I recently found the sketch that I did of the table for her and where everything was supposed to go, like two nights ago. And this is, it's just so hilarious that this started this way. So I did not want to continue shipping parties just as a business because I just didn't feel like it would come across the same. And so I just jumped into party planning altogether. Fast forward, what, five years, six years later, I was able to use that experience in a different way. So what I do now is I took a sketch, a sketch course, and now I take the ideas that I have and I put them on paper and I hand them to my client. And I take that same sketch and I send it to all of my vendors and my creatives, everyone that works with me. And so I still use that as a way to convey what it is that we're trying to accomplish. Everyone's on the same page. My clients love it because they have, you know, the special piece that they can frame about this, their event or um, the experience that they had. And so from that party in a box, that translated into a whole way that I could translate my ideas in real life, but incorporate other vendors with it. But I do still do events from afar. Like during COVID, I had to. Mm-hmm. I did graduation events in Atlanta, and I'm still in Dallas. You know, mm-hmm. so it was a combination of all the things that I started doing was getting all the ideas, connecting with the vendors. Literally, if you can plan a party in your backyard in the city that you live in, you can plan a party anywhere. Mm-hmm. You're doing the same work. You're calling the vendors. You're organizing the same way you would do here. And so I just had to do a lot of that over COVID. And it's been, it was a blessing that I was able to meet up with another um, event planner in Atlanta who executed for me. I have never met her. Mm, wow! Able to communicate so well and you know, visual visualize and communicate what it is that we want. She had not done that before, and it was like, wow! I've been doing this for a while, but I think that's another part of, I guess, my makeup is just just do it. You know, don't think about it. Just it needs to be done. You got to figure it out. I like that. I like that's that. awesome. And when you when you sent a sketch because you planned the best birthday party for my firstborn child. Mm -hmm. And when you sent, I remember clearly we were driving home from school when I showed her the sketch. 
Yeah. And her, she just looked out the window with so much, like she was seeing it. Like it, it created so much excitement in our heart that she couldn't even look at me. She just looked away like, oh, this is going to be so awesome. And in reality, we didn't do anything else mm-hmm. but just trust the sketch yeah. and showed up. Yeah. And the reality was better than the sketch. That took her breath away. So like for real, what's going on in your mind is a God gift for sure. So true. I do believe that. And it's, it frees me up from feeling so pressured to do or be like any other designer, right? It frees me this during COVID to not feel pressured to figure out how to pivot and make the most of this whole situation. What are the newest and greatest ways we can celebrate during the quarantine? I didn't, not that I didn't care, but I kind of didn't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if it's not coming to me, it's not coming to me. Yeah. I don't know where this stuff comes from anyway. <laughs> well, I'm not going to force it. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I do believe it's a gift. Um, like I said, it frees me up to, you know, just be like, well, it'll come to me. I look like I don't know what I'm doing, but it always comes, always comes together. I love that. Your friendship box in your mind. What's important to you in your friendship? And what, what, what do you value most? Because, that, you know, the older we get, the more we know we have to be so intentional and selective. Right. What's important to you in friendship and and elaborate on that my friendship box is the one box that actually has the most fluidity nowadays so we talked before and i said i was very compartmentalized right it's Mm -hmm. like if i know you from church i only know you from church don't come to my house right my church friend (laughs) and if i know you from school like we're not friends i'm just there Yeah, that was me, you know, but my friend box has, I have friends from different areas of life. I feel like I've lived 10 lifetimes and I have friends from every lifetime. But recently I have learned how to make all of my different friends, each other's friends. Mm. And I think that had to be a focus for the last, like maybe five or six years, because I realized that so many different, I couldn't stop one part of me from functioning. I functioned as the same person because of all these things at the same time. And I needed at some point my friends to know that other person over there so they could understand, you know, 20 year old Maisha. So 40 year old Maisha's friend need to understand and know 20 year old Maisha's friend. Mm -hmm. Right, Everybody could get me as a whole. But the one thing I value and I look for in friendships is loyalty. That is probably the only thing that I look for is loyalty. And you just got to be an interesting person. If I can't learn from you, (laughs) if I don't see anything that I can grow from by knowing you we promise are not gonna be friends I promise we won't like I'm very selective because I know the people that I spend time with I'm like sucking all of them out Mm. and make me better and if you don't have enough of who you are for both of us we're not gonna make it right (laughs) you have to be like a strong person to be my friend one I 
say the most outrageous things. And if your feelings are hurt, <laughs> be friends. <laughs> You're too funny. <laughs> am I am I telling the truth, Andrea? It's true, but it's not. But yeah, but don't that that's not because you're mean. You don't. I don't think you're mean at all. Mean. So I, open. I am very open, but I'm. I only feel comfortable being open around those who actually know me. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Twitter, people just run their mouth on Twitter. I'm like, I don't want to do that. It's complete strangers. They don't know me. <laughs> open myself up for somebody. It's like opening your car door and letting somebody yell at you and then leave. It's like you weren't even in my conversation. Now you're screaming at me. Right. I don't right. want to have conversations with strangers. I don't want to open myself up unless you get me. And that's what I feel the freedom to just let stuff come out with the people I'm closest to. And they allow me that. You guys put up with me. You guys so put up with me. <laughs> you no, know, it's your fun. It's, it's, um, but I, I think it makes, life interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it makes life interesting when you don't have to keep your guards up all the time. You can right. just breathe. Yeah. I and love that. Yeah. Because life is so short in just, you know, just to just not be free, especially with your friends, you know. So loyalty is what I value and a perspective is why I love both of you, because we do not come mm-hmm. from the same place at all. And I learned so much from both of you um, and just perspective and understanding what it means to be a woman in a whole sense, not just a linear sense, but from different perspectives. I have to have that in friendships. I can't thrive with just one way of thinking. I have to be able to say that person challenged me to think and see the world differently. You know, Andrea, your whole episode earlier this year being in Nigeria, girl, you taught me so much. Aww. I could not have learned that from my friends who live in L.A. True. Yeah. Right. We're still doing the same thing. We're all thinking and being the same way. So to have someone around me who can not necessarily challenge me, but they have something to give. And I need that or else what are we doing? You know, we're too, not we're too old, but at this point, it just has to make sense in your time with someone. And if you're just, you know, kicking your feet and whistling in the wind, we're on the second half of life. It has to be meaningful for me. And it's so well said. I actually totally agree with everything that you said and just the realness. I felt it. Um, so, um, take back to talking to 15 year old Maisha, what would you tell 15 year old? What would, (laughs) what would you tell 15 year old Maisha? (laughs) That little girl was a mess. Oh, I would tell her (laughs) to just go straight home. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Just go home. I was so, I won't say wild. I was very free and rebellious and and I was out there. Hmm. Um, I had very little fear and it could have got me in a lot of trouble. 
But every year on my birthday, I think back to how God has kept me because I know I put myself in situations that I shouldn't have been in. But what I would tell her is, man, a lot. Let me think. I don't want to drag this out. I would tell her just to be, just be. Don't worry about the environment. Don't worry about the friends. Don't worry about like my parents got divorced at 16 when I was 16. But I would probably tell that person to just focus on being a kid and just go home. No hanging out in the streets, no hanging out at night. Just be a child. Because I was not, yeah, I was not just a child. (laughs) (laughs) Thank the Lord you made it. (laughs) Okay, Uh, on, on the other end of that, what are some of the things you want to brag about? Some of the things you've done, who you are, when you're in a rocking chair? Looking from where we are, kind of midway-ish, mm-hmm. by God's grace, what do you want to brag about? What do you want to tell those kids? You know what? I will tell my kids, um, and my grandkids and whoever else will listen, to, I will talk about my friends. I really will talk about my friends because they are the people that we are gifted and we can choose to accept them as a gift or we can block ourselves off. For a long time, I, which is why I compartmentalized, I blocked everybody off. But it was mostly because I don't even really know why, but I did. I was very walled off. But now that I have opened up to just embracing everyone of value to me. I can't even put it into words how much a blessing it is, especially for me. I moved here from California, just me and my husband, my son. So no family, no reason to be here except we felt like moving. And the friends that I have met throughout the years have just created such, not even just a support system, but just the fundamentals of being accepted, being safe, being cared for, um, being able to pour into other people, being a mirror to who you are. I would brag about the people I've met. I would brag about the laughs that we've had, the children that we've watched grow up, the friendships that we've made. I would brag about all of that. I think my friendships are one of the most valuable things that I have. I'm getting teary. One of my best girlfriend's birthday was the other day. And when you have those long-term friendships, those people see you as you grow. It's like you're being raised together, right? It's like you raise me and I raise you. And who else will share that with your siblings? Don't, because at some point you separate into your own life. Mm -hmm. But your friends are the people that stay. Whether you live in Texas or California or Nigeria, anywhere, those friends will find a way to stay. And that's one thing that I value is we can live down the street, which we do from each other, and we never see each other because of life. But when we get together, it is the most beautiful thing that we don't want to end. And that is something that you can't buy. You know, that's something that you have to grow and live in. And that's probably one of the things I'm most proud of. I'm getting teary because I love you guys so much. Okay, that's it. But that would be the thing that I would talk about. Not what I've done in track and field, 
not what I've done with, you know, the different international clients. I will brag about my marriage and my friendship. Those are the things that are most valuable to me. Beautiful. So beautiful. beautiful. So well said. So beautiful. I've, I've just like, oh my gosh, I've just laughed. I've felt like crying, like teary (laughs) eyes. And I'm just like, oh, wow. I've had chills, chills. Thank you so much. That was so beautifully said. Um, So any advice, other, you know, anything just that you want to leave us with? Oh, um, I know you guys work with young women, young girls. Um, I would say this is one thing that I have been reminded of this morning, actually. Um, as I'm growing older, I'm realizing how many young women literally have my phone number and they just call me randomly. It's girls who I have met one day, you know, they just thought I was cool someone I coached before, someone from BBS or wherever, I would say the one thing that you guys do that is so important is that you touch and you pay attention to what's special in these little girls. You are planning so much into young girls and adults that you don't see it, but just stay in the place where you can be visible because it is so important. And you guys, I love you to pieces. Oh, I love you to pieces. So thank you for having me and giving me an opportunity to have a chit chat with you because I miss you. I miss you so much. Thank you for the gift of your friendship. We really like it's, it's one of those things that you just think about and you're like, hmm, I find joy. Mm-hmm. And, and some people you think about and it brings you joy. Yeah. So thank you for being a place and for being a person that we can think of and say, Ooh, let's share her with the world. She's amazing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I hope it's I hope it came across well because yeah, sometimes it's a little out there. But I love you too. It did. Maisha, before you go, where can listeners find you? Woo! Okay. So again, I'm very compartmental. <laughs> so <laughs> for business, all of my design, um, my company's name is Love Jones Designs. My last name is Jones, so I kind of threw it in there. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Maisha, M-I-E-S-H-A, Love Jones Designs, Maisha Love Jones Designs on Instagram. On Twitter, it's a whole nother story. Same name, but I talk about all the television that I watch. Ah. Yeah. That's fun for me. Yeah. Um, I'm on Pinterest, same name. All the creative ideas that... I'm drawn to. You can find me on Pinterest. If you want to be inspired by something, you can find me there. Um, but that's pretty much it. My Facebook is just for people I know personally. We love you. Love you too. All right. Let's keep in touch. Yes. Thank you, Maisha. All righty. Yes.